This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Welcome back to the Peds Doc Talk podcast. I am so excited to welcome one of my favorite accounts on social media, Jessica Vanderweer. She is a registered psychotherapist and creator of the platform Our Mama Village, where they share tangible tools to help families with their children's behavior and help parents develop relationships with their kids that will last a lifetime. And we are talking about generational trauma, a topic important to both of us. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jessica. Thank you so much. I have been really looking forward to our chat and I am so honored to be here with you today. So tell me more about yourself and why you started Our Mama Village in the first place. For sure. So I am a registered psychotherapist. I am also a mom. I have two girls, one who's five, one who's two, and I'm pregnant with my third daughter who is on her way in May. Um, so I'm a psychotherapist. I work with parents who have children with challenging behavior, and I've been doing that for a long time. Before I had my first daughter, I was going into parents' homes that had children who uh, were either not able to go back to school because of their behavior, who had mm-hmm. police involvement. So I was working with some kids who had some of the most complex behavior. And I thought, I'm definitely going to be ready for parenthood. I have worked with so many families, and I've been doing this for a long time. And then, of course, as I'm sure you know, you have your own child and your world turns upside down in ways that you weren't expecting. So after having my first daughter, I went through preterm labor, four months of bed rest, and a really challenging journey of postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And after coming through the other side of that, going to my own therapy, finally getting support after being dismissed many different times, I couldn't believe that as a psychotherapist with over eight years of training in mental health, who had worked with families, how unprepared I was for the journey of parenthood and all of the various challenges and things that come up for it. Around that time, that was about five years ago, there was really not a lot of information online. It was kind of the era of a lot of mommy blogs, but not a lot of educational, trusted resources online. So I went and I got additional training in perinatal mental health. I kind of switched my focus. I started my own private practice that I still have now, where we have a bunch of therapists who work for us. And I just started posting tips for parenting little kids and perinatal mental health on my Instagram page and social media. And a huge community of people were also craving the same support. And that's really where our mama village grew out of. I love it. And I love your story. I do also resonate with the 
out of our own trauma comes the ability to help others, not only if they've gone through similar trauma, it doesn't always have to do that, but just general stuff. Like, and, we're, and I know we're talking about generational trauma, which is such an important topic, but when you go through something like that, it really changes your perspective. It actually, you know, I do believe it gives you more compassion, even if you were already a compassionate human being, I have a feeling you were, um, but it really gives you a lot of perspective. And I, I love that. And so thank you for sharing that part of your story as to what made you found Our Mama Village. So, you know, we're talking about generational trauma. It's a term that's been very, I mean, it's not a new term. This is something we've known for a long time, but I have a feeling like a lot of parents, especially on the social media space are now understanding, oh yeah, that's a term that I probably had when I was growing up, meaning that is something that sounds like my childhood. Explain what exactly you would define as generational trauma for anyone who may not be familiar with that term. For sure. Yeah, I'll try and put it really simply and kind of easy to understand. So generational trauma is really your family's story. So it's the story of the generation before you and how they parented their children. And if they had this trauma or challenges that they brought down through the generations. So for example, if every generation before you, let's say, had addictions, they maybe went through unresolved trauma, if they were hurt or abused children, and without reflection and without looking at this and saying, I want to do things different, often we pass the same trauma on to our children and they pass it on to their children. And then through the generations, the trauma just keeps going and the cycle just mm-hmm. keeps happening and happening. And that really, in a nutshell, this story is what generational trauma is. And you gave some great examples already. You talked about addictions, abuse, um, but there are some other types of examples that may not be commonly like body image issues, feeding Mm -hmm. issues, right? Like um, obviously that relates to how we look at our bodies. Are there other examples that maybe people may not hear besides the obvious like physical, verbal abuse, addictions, things like that, but other types of generational traumas that may exist? Yeah, I love that you brought that up. I think Even there can be smaller ones as Mm -hmm. well. Like you had a parent that had a mental health issue, let's say anxiety. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that was given onto you as a child and projected to you. And and maybe there's some codependency there or a word that we use in therapy, enmeshment between the parent and the child. The child is always trying to regulate the parent's emotions and the parent uh, doesn't do their own internal work to try and figure that out. So things like that can also be handed down through the generation where now you're an adult and you're like, why do I have so much anxiety and why do I struggle to regulate my own yeah. emotions, struggle with anger and things like that? Oh, and it's just, again, the reason why I'm just so glad to have Jess on this episode is this kind of stuff is so important. And we'll get into obviously why it's so important. And the first question, you know, I wanted to go over is why do you feel like it's so hard for people to break these cycles? You know, you mentioned that it gets passed down from generation to generation. What do you think is that sort of difficulty for a parent to say, this happened to me, now I need to either change it or do I know it's happening? What are those barriers? For sure. It's really hard to break these cycles. And I just want to name that off the bat because so many Mm -hmm. parents struggle with guilt and this pressure to break the cycles. And I also like to tell parents, you don't have to change every single thing about your life and your childhood all at once. You don't have to reflect on everything all at once. Even that pressure to break the cycles can feel extremely overwhelming and make it hard to do. But it's really hard to break because we repeat what we know. Our brains are programmed to learn from our experiences and take what was modeled from us and do the same thing. So if all that was modeled to you when you were growing up was something like yelling or spanking or 
you know, using your children to help you regulate your emotions or getting angry at little things like the milk being spelled on the kitchen table. And I always use that example because that comes up all the time in my house. Um, (laughs) The kids are always spelling things, you know, and if you were yelled for that when you were a child, it can be really hard to break those patterns because that's what your brain knows. So automatically it goes there when your child engages in that same behavior. And why is it so important to break these cycles? I mean, I think the obvious is there, but I mean, you work so heavily as um, obviously a psychotherapist and I, as a, just a general pediatrician dealing with parenting stuff, it's something that is so important to me because I always want to teach parents about sleep or feeding or tantrums, but I'm like, you got to go back to what your insecurities and what your upbringing was like. Like, why is it so important that a parent does look at it without guilt? You know, I agree with you that we don't want to shame parents and make them feel like I'm at fault or I'm ruined. It's not like that. It's why do we want to recognize this so that we can move forward? Exactly. Yeah. So I I have kind of a two-part answer for you there. Mm -hmm. So many parents, they wonder to me, you know, they'll even come to us in therapy sessions and they'll say, you know, I want to work on this because my child has this problem. And we end up getting into some deeper discussions. It's like, why are we going here? Can't you just give me a list of strategies and that just be enough? And what I'll say is the honest answer is I can give them a bunch of tools and strategies to help them navigate their child's emotions and give them, you know, quick tips and stuff like that. But it doesn't help in the same way unless we understand our own emotions and how they relate to our children, that we're often missing a huge piece of the puzzle. So often we're looking at our child's behavior as bad or as something to change and to shape, but really we're seeing that from our own lens of our own experience of everything that we've been through up until this point of having a child. So when we can reflect on that unique backstory that each of us has and in a relationship, you and your partner have a totally different unique backstory. So you're going to see your children's behavior in a different way. It can help you figure out how to truly support your kids in ways that just aren't quick fixes or quick tips, which I think, especially now seems super popular on the internet, which wasn't there when I started Our Mom Village, Um, but Mm -hmm. there's so many quick tips and people are asking, why doesn't this work? And often it's because we have to do that deeper reflection. And then the second part is I love asking people why breaking cycles is important specifically to them, because I think every person has a different reason why this is so particularly valuable to them to break these cycles. For example, my husband, he shared a lot about his story on my Instagram page and Mm -hmm. even in my parenting course. But he grew up being abused and going through a lot of trauma. So for him, uh, reparenting in our home, it's a big topic of discussion we're always talking about. And so for him, why it's important is he really wants to create this safe childhood experience for our children. They can grow up knowing that they're physically safe, but also emotionally safe so they can grow and develop and become the children that they were meant to be and that he can provide that for them. So that's why it's important to them. But for every person, I think it's different. I appreciate you sharing about your husband's story because I feel like every one of us can probably share some sort of, maybe it's not, again, that big, like I said, addiction, abuse, like the first things you said, but I'm Mm -hmm. talking, there are different things there that you were like, huh, this happened and this is my reality growing up. But Does it have to be my reality? And is this something that made me feel good as a kid? Like, I think insight is so important, right? I think adults Mm -hmm. are capable of saying, hey, this happened to me in my childhood. My parents were amazing at X, Y, and Z, but what did they not do that was serving me well? You know, whether it's the anxiety component that you mentioned, using your children to regulate your emotions. I mean, I, that's my generational trauma to put it out there was exactly that. It was the yelling. It was the slapping. It was the corporal punishment, which was passed down 
from generation to generation. And it took me to say, I don't like how that made me feel as a kid. And I also don't think that it makes sense for my child. And I don't like the feeling of anger. I don't think anyone really likes being angry. I mean, anger is probably one of the worst feelings that a human being can feel when it, obviously it's, it's a healthy feeling, but when you're angry and you hurt a kid, I mean, that's just probably one of the hardest things that, I mean, it takes insight to kind of understand that, but it was so much more for not only just for my son, but it was, I don't like the way that all of this makes me feel like, I just don't like being angry and yelling all the time when that's what I grew up with, you know, and it's a hard deep dive. I mean, it can bring up like, you know, a lot of emotions. It can bring up a lot of unprocessed trauma from your childhood. But I think, you know, using whether it's professional help, like you said, I know there's people on social media that aren't really professionals giving all these short term (laughs) advice, but it really, like you said, it's long term, sometimes things like CBT, sometimes like cognitive behavioral therapy, sometimes it's going to be more intensive to undo the patterns of thinking so that you can be more present for your child in a way that you weren't parented when you were a kid. And that's really hard sometimes for parents to get to that point, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think it for a lot of parents, it's hard to even recognize. I think a lot of parents are very protective over their childhood experiences and their parents. And they can think about doing this work of what we call reparenting, which is really the act of reflecting on your childhood and seeing what you need as a child. And you want to give yourself now and give to your child now, which is that process you were just talking about. But it can be hard to do that because there's a stigma attached that that immediately means that you're very angry with your parents or you don't want a relationship with them. And it makes a lot of people very hesitant to go down that path and reflect. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to name that too and say it's not about blaming your parents for everything. It's about looking at your experiences and seeing what do I want to repeat and what do I want to do different and why is that important to me? As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom 
chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Are you tired of searching Google and ending up in a rabbit hole at 2 a.m. thinking that you're ruining your kid? Stop and visit pedsdoctalk.com. My website is your new Google with a search feature to search all content that I have that is free or available by purchase. And let me tell you, there are a lot of free goodies there, like free printable PDFs for how to handle a choking incident to milestones to monitor in your kid. My website provides information regarding the health and development of your child, including parenting and sleep. My goal is that you stop those middle-of-the-night searches that lead you nowhere but into the land of anxiety. My goal is to guide you to be the confident and calm parent I know that you are. Make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and use the magnifying glass to search. Want even more? Make sure to sign up for our newsletter by visiting pedsdoctalk.com newsletter where you can get the latest and greatest in child health news and parenting tips delivered directly to your inbox. That's pedsdoctalk.com newsletter. One of the big questions I had for this conversation, you kind of already mentioned tidbits, I believe, like especially what you just mentioned, but how do we, I guess, step by step, or how do we even start to approach breaking these cycles? I mean, I know there's so many different ways that people can approach it, but what do you think the main points would be for someone who's struggling and or wants to, you know, break these things that have happened? For sure. I think a key piece is really that reflection. Mm-hmm. And again, I always tell parents, I think, as this topic is being talked about more on social media, I think it's amazing. But I also think that there's this pressure that we see in our private practice with people thinking, oh my goodness, I have to reflect on everything and have to do it right now. And if I don't do it now, then I'm going to ruin my kids. And I think that that can lead to another anxiety. Um, So just take it step by step and maybe a one reflection question kind of at a time when you feel like you have the capacity. Mm -hmm. But The process of reparenting really does involve reflecting on your own story and focusing on giving you and yourself and your child now what you needed then. So some questions that I like to ask parents are, what are some of the key messages that you received as a child? So about your feelings, about your skills, about your abilities, et cetera. If you think back to your childhood experiences, is there something that stands out to you the most? I like for parents to look at what ways did your parents positively influence you that you Mm -hmm. want to pass on. I think that's also important. That's a part of it too. And is there anything that you don't want to recreate with your child? And I think all of us, so for me, I come from parents who, for the most part, they did an amazing job. I think they did do an amazing job with the tools and the ability that they had. And they were mostly gentle parents, though obviously that wasn't a term really back then. But there's still things that I would do different uh, with my kids. And we've been able to have those conversations as well, right? So I think for everybody, they can resonate with that. Are there specific or significant events that stand out to you about your childhood that you think might be impacting your parenting now? And is there any feelings of unresolved bitterness or resentment towards your childhood? And I think questions like that are a really good place to start. And for some people, they need a therapist to kind of guide alongside them and Some people can do this reflection work um, by themselves. 
Yeah, I think that last piece is extremely important. Um, the unresolved bitterness and resentment. I actually recorded another episode about why forgiveness is important in trauma healing, whatever trauma you've gotten through. And that whole episode talks about, from a mindfulness standpoint, what forgiveness means in trauma. And now it's not forgiving the action, it's forgiving so that you can move forward, so that you can find yeah. peace and you can have energy in your life to accept good that's going to come to you. I think people think that I'm not going to forgive my dad for beating me. That's not what this means. I would never, ever ask someone to forgive someone who is abusive verbally, physically, but it's about internal forgiveness so that you can find peace. And I think that concept is really hard for a lot of people to understand, but that unresolved bitterness and resentment, like you said, it's not, oh, it's not that that person did something right. Absolutely not. That person did something probably very hurtful for you. And we can't deny that, but it's for you to be able to say this hurt. And now I'm going to make a change and I'm going to move forward through it. I'm not going to forgive the action, but I'm going to just forgive in my heart so that I can find space for joy. And I think that's so important in moving forward through hard times so you can move around grief and move around the difficult times. I found it very eye-opening for when I went through my birth trauma with Ryan, generational trauma, whatever trauma I've been through, mm -hmm. how much that really helped in getting through to the other side a lot. Yeah, I think that, that it's really huge. And I know for my husband and I, we both experienced traumatic situations after being uh, married from his family. And um, it was really challenging for us. And we both held a lot of resentment for a long time. And so for anybody who's in that situation right now where you're holding a lot of resentment, I can totally identify with that feeling yeah. and how hard it is to kind of move past it. But I agree with what you're saying, where we can say forgiveness doesn't mean you're back in my life. And now we're just going to continue to go down yes. this pattern. Um, it can mean boundaries. And I think part of reparenting can often mean I'm going to set boundaries that I didn't have when I was a kid. And that's actually what I need now as an adult to make me feel safe is to set boundaries. And part of reparenting, too, is, is this process right, of giving yourself a, as an adult what you didn't have as a child. So things like. Yeah, the ability to set boundaries, the ability to say no, um, doing play for even my husband, like a big part of his journey has been, you know, getting on the floor and playing unicorns with the kids and <laughs> learning how have fun and play and do stuff like that. So those are all pieces above and beyond the reflection that are really important. And in doing that and giving yourself now what you didn't have then, even yeah. if the trauma happened when you're an adult and yeah. to feel safe and all those things is really a big part of being able to forgive and find peace and that space back in your heart where you're not holding that resentment all of the time. Yeah. Oh, I just, that visual of your husband playing on the floor. I mean, I see that with my partner too. I see him, what he's gone through in the house he grew up in and what he's trying to change for, Oh, it gets me a little emotional. What he's trying to change for yeah, a child is, is awesome. Like it's actually really awesome to see him not do the things that was done to him because he's actively trying to. And of course, I mean, we've spoken about this. Sometimes it's going to creep in, right? Like just say body image issues. I'm going to use that example. That's something very big in our culture because Indian people tend to be very thin and growing up, it's like a big issue. Like you're too skinny. You need to eat. You need to eat. You're not healthy. I mean, there's so much body image issues about being too thin also. And that also goes for if you're on the higher end, it doesn't even matter who it is. Um, and it was very hard you know, for my husband, like to really undo those cycles when my son is now becoming lean like us, right? Like, I mean, he's following the genetics and um, for him to actively try to 
avoid saying those things. I can see him working really hard. I'm like, look, sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Like sometimes you're going to do things or say things and you're going to learn from that and you're going to maybe make it better next time. And that is what I think, you know, you do a lot with your platform too, is understanding that we're human and that even if you have these ingrained traumas or these ingrained beliefs, like it doesn't mean that just because you did all the work that it's going to be perfect. It's just about understanding and having insight. And I did this, oh man, I didn't mean to say that. It just, it let's work on it for the next time. And I think that's so powerful in parents, like you said earlier, remove the guilt, the shame, the I'm not doing it right, you know, and just really respecting their own process of growth, I think is so vital. Yeah. And I think you said something really important there too, is that apologizing to our own kids about something that we did wrong or how we, mm -hmm. we did something we didn't want to, that's reparenting work too, because so many people who apologize to their kids now, they never had that when they were kids. So even that in itself is healing and builds the relationship with your child. So it's the little things like that. It's not always like these super big, huge things. Sometimes it's as simple as just saying, I'm sorry to your child. And that can be really healing for you too. Oh, agreed. Oh, Jess, this was so amazing. Is there any final like message you would want to give everyone listening? I'm so grateful that we can talk about this. It's a topic that's so near and dear to me, not only just from a personal level, but from a parenting level. You know, when I'm talking to parents about parenting their children, I want them to understand that this is a reality. What would be your final message for everyone listening today? My final message is just really simple, but it's that change can happen and it can start with you. And I think sometimes parents really just need to hear that, mm -hmm. that simple reminder. And I know my husband and I, like I said, we talk about this all the time. Um, but we were talking about it last night after I, I was looking at him and he has my five-year-old and his two-year-old on his back and he's pretending to be a unicorn. And he's just like going around the living room <laughs> there, feeling like crazy and falling off him. And I just sitting there, of course, I'm, you know, 25 weeks pregnant and I'm crying just watching this. Oh, uh, <laughs> making me cry. That's so beautiful. I get that visual picture and that's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I just said to him after, like, how incredible is that? That you can have this relationship with your girls and they can be giggling on you and yeah. you can have these moments, you know? And I think that that's the piece of hope that is important for us to cling on to, too, that change can happen. And even though it's hard, I have seen so many parents do it. It's so beautiful. It is. And exactly that word. You use the perfect word. It's beautiful. Like, it's just ah, like whenever I see someone going through a really hard time, I know we're not talking about every type of trauma. Like when I see someone going through something really difficult and I hate that they're going through something difficult, but I always say, I'm like, if that person has insight, if that person has the ability to look back or, you know, introspection to say, this is not working and this is working. I just think about the butterfly that they're going to become after it, you know, like what they're going to learn and who they're going to be after that processing of a trauma. I mean, generational trauma is so ingrained for so many years. So it's not like, you know, it can take a day or two days. It's going to take a lot mm -hmm. of work and long time sometimes for a lot of people. But like you said, it's beautiful and joyous. Jess, thank you so much for joining me. Where can everyone find you? I know I said your Instagram handle again is at our mama village. I'm going to attach that to my show notes, but um, tell me what resources you offer, um, you know, for anyone listening today. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love this conversation. So the reflection questions that I shared, uh, I have a free toddler tantrum guide. And of course, in typical just fashion in my toddler tantrum guide, I talk about reparenting because I'm just going to stick that in to everything that I do. Because like I said, 
we can just give quick tips and it's not going to be the bigger picture solution that parents really need and want. Mm -hmm. So if they want some of these reflection questions, just to start off with, they can go to my website and download the free toddler tantrum guide. And there's a bunch of questions in there they can go through. And I also have a reparenting section in my parenting course. So inside of my parenting course, I have six lessons, kind of a reparenting mini course where I talk a little bit more about our story. I talk about uh, reflections and ways to work through challenging childhood experiences. And I give you some really practical tools for this reparenting journey. So if that's something you're interested in, it's also available inside of the parenting course. And I will be adding links to, again, her Instagram page, as well as her um, site on my show notes. So you can definitely check her out and you have to follow her if you are not already. She shares such great posts, obviously not just about generational trauma, but all (laughs) things parenting and, you know, breaking those cycles. So thanks again, Jessica, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Have you heard about the terrible twos or three-nagers? Yes, the toddler years can be tough. There is no denying that any phase of parenting can be really hard. There may be picky eating, tantrums, and struggles with potty training. But there is a lot of amazing things that you will see your toddler do during these years. I want you to enter the toddler years understanding toddler development and behavior so you can better approach tricky situations with your child. With resources on picky eating, potty training, tantrums, and other common toddler behavior like sleep refusal and toddler development, the toddler resources here at Peds Doc Talk aim to provide you with the knowledge you need to, dare I say, find some or a lot of enjoyment in the toddler years. For more on my on-demand courses, make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and check out resources for whatever you need. Have a friend? It also makes a perfect gift. Visit pedsdoctalk.com and click courses for more.